Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello, I'm Ross Birkinshaw and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Thursday the 26th of October. East Kent Hospitals Trust has apologised following the death of a teacher. 40-year-old Megan Williams died suddenly at her home near Folkestone last year after complaining of stomach pains. An inquest heard how doctors failed to keep a proper record of her treatment and symptoms at Ashford's William Harvey Hospital. Kate has the details. Doctors believe she had gastritis but was in fact suffering from a bowel obstruction caused by previous surgery to remove her appendix. It was this undiagnosed issue that ultimately led to the death of the 40-year-old who was described as simply the best of all of us by devastated colleagues at Sheraton Primary School. The chief executive of the East Kent Hospitals Trust has since said she's deeply sorry for the failings in Ms Williams' care. Two people have been treated for burns and the effects of breathing in smoke following a huge lorry fire on the M2. The motorway was closed in both directions at Junction 2 for Strood yesterday evening, causing severe delays for many hours. This woman drove past the blaze shortly after it broke out. I had my daughter with me in the front passenger seat. I think it was just after 6pm. We were on the M2 London bound uh, around about near Junction 3 we suddenly spotted the lorry on fire. I mean, it was engulfed in flames with clouds of black smoke rising from the vehicle. There were no emergency services at the scene at this point and I couldn't hear any sirens, so I'd immediately instructed my daughter to call 999. I described what I could see and gave my location to the call handler and we could see that there was two men frantically dragging items out of the vehicle through the driver's side footwell, I believe. I was shouting at them at the time, like, get away from it. I mean, it was just so scary to watch. I then had a moment of sheer panic at the realisation it could blow as we pass. And for a minute, I literally didn't know whether to keep going or just stop the car. It was really, really very scary. I've never seen anything quite like it. Dozens of pro-Palestine protesters have blocked the entrance to a factory in Sandwich, claimed to be producing military equipment bound for Israel. The Palestine Action Group say more than 100 people are standing outside Instro Precision at Discovery Park. It's believed the firm makes guided weapons systems, night vision goggles and displays for armoured vehicles. Kent Online reports. A 10-year fight to convert a former telephone exchange in Kent is continuing after plans are rejected for a fourth time. Owners want to turn the small building in Hollingbourne into an office with a small extension. Despite planning officials agreeing to the plans, councillors said it would have little economic benefit and be an eyesore. The MP for Ashford's urging the government to do more to persuade Eurostar to resume their services in Kent. Trains haven't stopped at Ebbsfleet or Ashford since the pandemic. They're not due to restart till at least 2025. Ashford MP Damien Greens raised the issue in the Commons. I obviously accept the fact that Eurostar is a private company and makes its own commercial decisions. But the UK government has a legitimate and important role in influencing those decisions, not least in the specific case of Ashford Station. In 2016, Eurostar introduced new rolling stock. That rolling stock demanded a whole new signalling system at Ashford Station to allow the new trains to stop there. And that was funded at a cost of £8.5 million through the local growth fund. In other words, 
This was the UK taxpayer spending specifically so that Eurostar could continue to service Ashford. So far, the return on that for the taxpayer has been exactly zero. By a terrible irony of timing, the work was completed at exactly the same time as the pandemic struck in the early months of 2020 and international services were suspended. So no train has ever taken advantage of this spending. Now, I appreciate that £8.5 million does not seem much in the context of the quantum of money that may not have been entirely prudently spent uh, in recent years on the railways, but the point is that this is not a wasteful investment. It's a good investment that, if utilised, would provide services that passengers want and make better use of the existing railway infrastructure. Specifically for the Minister, then, is the point that having spent this taxpayer's money, it is the government's responsibility to see that it was well spent, and therefore I hope and assume he will be backing my call for the Kent services to be resumed. Today, I think, there are two reasons that make this discussion particularly <coughs> timely, because that low, difficult period identified by Eurostar is coming to an end. The first reason is revealed in their own press release last June about their latest financial results. They say themselves, we have turned the page on the COVID crisis and are now moving towards a new chapter of building the new Eurostar group. Their earnings, EBITDA in the jargon, were a record 332 million euros. And clearly they are now generating cash because they repaid 127 million euros of the debt they incurred during the pandemic. They are now evidently in a position where they could expand if they wanted to. But the second reason why I think uh, it is timely to be having this discussion in public is the imminent arrival of a competitor to Eurostar in providing international services to the UK. The Evelyn Consortium says that it has a billion pound project to buy an initial 12 trains from Alstom and intends to start services in 2025. At the moment, they, like Eurostar, are only planning capital city services. But the advent of competition means that both companies will have to seek advantages and the free offer of stations that are already built and raring to go is potentially a great advantage to either of them if they have the gumption to take it. The MP for Dartford, Gareth Johnson, also spoke during the debate. The Right Honourable Member for Ashford and myself met uh, some 18 months ago with the Chief Executive of Eurostar, and to say it was frustrating is an understatement. It is frankly madness that we have international stations at Ebbsfleet and at Ashford that cannot travel internationally. So therefore, would my, uh, my honourable friend, the Minister, do all he can through his department to ensure that we have international services restored at both Ashford and at Ebbsfleet in my constituency. And this was a direct response from the Transport Minister, Hugh Merriman. Madam Deputy Speaker, I can provide uh, my honourable friend, the member for Dartford, with that assurance. Uh, I have a real passion for this subject. I am particularly keen to see those international stations become international stations again.
Work's been carried out to stop a cliff crumbling down onto homes in Greenhithe. There have been small collapses at Ingleton Wood over the last few years. £2 million has been spent on a stabilisation project to make it safe. Residents in a coastal town near Dimchurch say they feel forgotten as buildings have been left empty and swimming in the sea is banned. The seafront area at St Mary's Bay has become run down in recent years and there's a pollution warning at the beach. Councillors are among those calling for more investment. Kent Online News. A yellow weather warning's been issued for Kent this weekend. The alerts for the whole of the county and comes into force in the early hours of Saturday morning, running through until 6am on Sunday. The Met Office says there's a small chance homes and businesses could be flooded in heavy downpours. A Maidstone man says he feels violated after another man followed him into an Asda toilet and performed an indecent act in front of him. 21-year-old Drew Burrell was shopping at the supermarket in Sitting when it happened. It's been reported to the police as to say they'll provide CCTV footage to help with the investigation. And investigators are appealing for witnesses following a fatal crash near Barham last week. Two cars and a lorry collided on the A2. A man in his 60s died at the scene. Police want to speak to anyone who might have dash cam footage. Kent Online reports. Four water companies covering Kent have been named as the worst performing in terms of finances. The regulator Offwatt says Thames Water has significant issues to address when it comes to gaps in their reserves. It's also criticised Southern, SES and South East Water. Across all the UK suppliers, around £1.4 billion has been paid out to shareholders in the last year. A brand new Remembrance Day poppy's been manufactured here in Kent. It's been redesigned for the first time in 28 years and is now plastic-free and recyclable. They're made by the Royal British Legion at a warehouse in Aylesford. Judith Ray is from the charity. We're so excited. So this year you can wear a new plastic-free poppy to mark Remembrance and it's made for entirely from paper and can be easily recycled. Um, the plastic-free poppy will be available alongside remaining stocks of the existing paper poppy design to reduce any waste of poppies already being produced. Um, the new plastic-free poppy is made from 100% paper. The revamped poppy is part of the Robert Legion's commitment to sustainability and reducing our impact on the environment. Um, and really exciting, the new poppy is made from paper offcuts, which are created during the production of coffee cups, and its introduction will cut the carbon emissions of poppy production by 40%. So we're really, really excited to launch our new plastic-free poppy. Wearing your poppy shows you care for the, for the um, armed forces community. The Royal British Legion Poppy Appeal raises vital funds each year to support the armed forces community. Um, and without that support, without the, the generosity of the public, we couldn't provide that support. We provide support in many ways, um, from befriending services for those who are isolated, helping with finances and housing or recovery programmes after injury and illness. 
Life in the armed forces comes with unique challenges for those who are serving and their families, both during and after service. And the Royal British Legion is here to offer support at every step of the way. We're here now and we're here for as long as people need us. A sheep's been badly injured after being attacked by a dog near Deal. It managed to get into an enclosure in a field in Ripple before chasing and biting the animals. The owner's urging people to keep dogs on a lead. You can see footage of the attack by going to kentonline.co.uk Kent Online reports Kent Online's been speaking to a man who climbed the UK's highest mountain to raise money for a school for children with additional needs in Kent. Bobby Koshel's nephew attended dance court school in Gillingham and says he wanted to do something to help them raise money for a new immersive classroom. He hiked more than 13 kilometres to reach the summit of Ben Nevis and was able to donate £1,500. I decided to challenge myself um, to, to, I don't know, do something, take me out of my normal realm of comf- being comfortable. Um, but then it was, uh, uh, I thought I might as well see about doing it for a good cause as well. There's no point just walking up a mountain and challenging myself, yeah, for my own personal uh, being. So, yeah, my sisters, my nephew um, attended Dane Court uh, Special uh, Needs School. And I know that they're um, trying to raise money for this immersive classroom. So I reached out to the school and um, yeah, said I'd, I'd like to do it as a bit of a fundraiser for them. So, yeah, that sort of started the ball rolling then. And what can you tell me about the the actual climb? What was it like? Uh, yeah, so I'd been watching a lot of videos on people doing it to try and mentally prepare myself. Um, but I knew that obviously watching other people do it, everyone's different. Um, so yeah, I'd say I got up early. I thought I wanted to chat, like tackle it quite early on in the morning. I'd sort of seen people set off at nine. Uh, average time is about sort of three hours to get to the top. So I thought that would get you up at lunchtime, but I wanted to sort of set off a little bit earlier to try and beat the rush because a lot of people do climb um so it started off started off well the the weather was okay um there was a little bit of light rain as i got closer to the top a bit of fog um the challenging part i'd say when the terrain changes slightly it, it becomes very sort of rocky i mean the path um i'd say over halfway is pretty pretty decent um but then when you get to the top the terrain changes and it's very rocky obviously the weather changes pretty quick as well so it did get to a point where it was foggy and you and you couldn't really sort of see uh where you were going but then it sort of cleared quite quickly and then i could see the actual what they say finish line you can see the, the actual top and that gives you the last little bit of spur of yeah momentum to get there and i imagine the schools must be pretty pleased as well have they been able to um get the immersive classroom or are they still where are they in that process uh, so I believe it, they're still working on it. I mean, um, it's it's a lot of money that needs to be raised to get this immersive classroom. Um, and I, I know that before me, so my sister climbed Snowden with um, some friends to, to also raise money for the school. I know I, if you go onto their uh, the school's website, you can see a lot of people doing a lot of things for the school. Um, I think they've got quite a, a way to go. So I think it's quite important then that people are aware of these things going in, uh, going on, certainly in, in Kent, in the area where people live, that there are fundraisers that you can do to help these these children get the classroom that, 
will be really important. Teenagers in Maidstone are set to take part in a fishing competition as part of a project to reduce antisocial behaviour. The initiative will see Kent Place team up with the Council Youth Hub and local businesses after complaints by residents of unrest at the lake next to Mallard's Way. The project's called Fish Fest and will hopefully provide a focus and positive distraction for many young people in the Downswood area who may feel there's not enough to do. Kent Online reports. A rescue dog's found a new career as a therapy pet in Kent after his owner suffered a stroke. Six-year-old greyhound Cooper would visit Dean Richardson in hospital and helped him regain his speech and mobility. The pair now make regular visits to care homes, hospitals and dementia wards across the county. I went to a place called Westview in Tenterden for about um, two months and uh, my wife used to bring him in virtually every day and um, he really helped me out walking again and chatting because I couldn't speak at one point. It was quite, quite scary. Couldn't walk, couldn't move. And um, the guys at Westfield, they were absolutely brilliant. They really helped me out. But the dog, he used to come in and brighten up my day. And I thought, you know what? He might be able to do that for other people. And so he got trained as a, as a therapy dog. What did he do? I mean, did he just sort of, I take it he was well-behaved and he sort of, you know? Oh. <laughs> yes, he's a well-behaved dog. And um, he used to walk around the wards with people and, um, People used to want to stroke him and see him. And uh, my wife forgot to bring him in a couple of times. And some of the nurses and um, even some of the people that are in there said, where's Cooper? He didn't bring him in. Where is he? I want to see him. And so that also put in my mind that uh, he's a dog that people love and people like to see him and stroke him. How long had you had him? When... Love people and people love him. So what did you have to do? Or what did Cooper, more importantly, have to do to become, you know, a, a, a therapy dog? Well, he has to get checked by a vet to see his temperament's okay. And um, so we took him to the vet and they made sure he could sit and he would recall and he would come and he would sit down and lay down and would take a treat nicely from me and from him. And then they got this huge grabby tin of stones and threw it behind him to see what kind of reaction they would get. And he just looked around and went, was that it? Okay. And that was, <laughs> he was happy. And uh, you have to get uh, vetted as well. So you have to have someone that knows you for about five years to fill a form in to say that you are a fit and proper person to go into places like schools and hospitals and places like that. And what kind of places um, do, you, do you go and visit? Um, I, I go to um, Care UK in Maidstone. Um, it's a dementia place, drop-in zone. I go there every couple of weeks. And also there's a, a couple of homes that I go to. There's one in Maidstone called Invicta Court. And um, Cooper goes, <laughs> he goes there as well. And um, people love him as well. And we're just about to start to go back to Westview and we're arranging for that as well, because that's where I was treated. And I want him to go there to be involved with that. And then um, we're looking to go into some schools because dogs don't they don't actually um, judge people. So little kids who want to read, sometimes they're a little bit worried about reading to their peers. But reading to a dog, the dog doesn't judge. They just read to their dog. And that's what I want to go and do as well. New landlords have taken over a pub in Chatham after a £360,000 refurb. The old ash tree on Rain Road was closed for six weeks for extensive work. It's been completely redecorated with new flooring and an outdoor area. You can see pictures at Kent Online.
And Deal Castle is going to open its doors to trick-or-treaters this Halloween. They'll be honouring a medieval tradition by handing out soul cakes to children. Now that's all from us. Thanks ever so much for listening. And don't forget, as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and not forgetting TikTok. You can also get details of the top stories direct to your email inbox each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.